Glory, God. Glory, God. Glory, God. Glory, God. Listen, while you're standing, it's good to see you here today. God, continue to bless you is our prayer. We thank God for everything that has transpired thus far in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you just give God a praise? Let him know that you're glad to be in the land of the living. My God. My God. He's an awesome God. Amen. While you're standing, go ahead. We'll get right into the word. Turn your Bibles to the book of First Timothy. Amen. First Timothy. We're going to look back at this shipwrecked faith. Amen. First Timothy chapter one, beginning in verse 18. Amen. I don't know who has shipwrecked faith today, but prayerfully, after you leave this place today, you'll be wrecked no longer. Amen. If you're heading for shipwrecked faith, it'll be avoided. Amen. Praise God. Listen, if you're visiting with us, we thank God for you. We don't believe in accidents or coincidences. It's the providence of God that has you here today. So we we thank God for you. Good to see everybody here. For a few minutes, I want to talk about avoiding shipwreck. This will be part two of the message that we started on last Sunday. If you have it, just say amen. amen. Praise God. Listen to the words of scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you fight the good fight. Somebody say fight the good fight. Keeping faith and a good conscience which some have rejected, it's incredible, and have suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. Even gives us a couple of names here. He says, among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander. What you do to him, Paul? Whom I have handed over to Satan so that they will be taught not to blaspheme. Praise the Lord. For a few minutes this morning, avoiding shipwreck faith, part two. As you take your seat this morning, give your neighbor a fist pound and remind them that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. In the year 2000, The USS Cole, it was, was attacked by suicide bombers. Some of you remember this, and it was in Aden, Yemen, in Yemen. And it was refueling, and it was a sitting duck, basically, for the enemy. Uh, The attack was attributed to Al-Qaeda, which we know that not too long after that, we experienced probably one of the worst tragedies we could say on record here in the United States on September the 11th, 2001. The USS Cole, the explosion was so powerful that it ripped a hole in the hull of the ship, unfortunately killing 17 soldiers. Some of you remember that. It was a very sad event. In fact, after 14 months of repair right down in Pascagoula, Mississippi, where some of our members here work, April 19th was the day that this ship returned 
back to its home base in Norfolk, Virginia. And it would go on after a $240 million renovation. It would be re-entered into service and is still in action to this day. Uh, The USS Cole experienced a a tragedy, but it overcame that tragedy to re-enter into the purpose for which it was built. Um, I'm I'm here to tell you today that that many of us, um, we've gone through situations and circumstances where we have experienced failure. But for some of us, we're still on the sidelines, having not re-entered into the purpose of which why God has created us in the earth to serve. So today, we want to help you out because what Paul reminds his son in the faith, Timothy, is that we want you to avoid at all costs being shipwrecked. There are primarily three reasons in the natural why ships are wrecked. Primarily three reasons in the natural, stay with me, why ships become wrecked. Number one, um, navigational error. The captain or whoever's in charge of the ship, they get distracted for a period of time and they lose sight of their navigation only to end up shipwrecked. As we talked about briefly, uh, remember on last week, it was the Titanic, not the Titanic. For the <laughs> Amen. It, it was it was it was a moment of time where that captain became unfocused on his journey during that particular voyage, maiden voyage. And it cost the compromising not only of the ship, but also of over fifteen hundred lives that were on that ship. It was a, a navigational error. He was told to go one way. But he chose himself because of pride that this ship was built to go through anything. He chose to go through Iceberg Alley only to compromise the ship and 1,500 lives. The second thing I need you to know about shipwreck faith, and we're uh, using the natural to teach us the spiritual. So not only is there navigational error, but there's also mechanical error. How many of you know that? Uh, there are things, everything that is made basically is man-made and anything that man makes can break. Anything you make in the natural will break. Amen. There would be no automotive places if cars didn't break. There would be no doctors or dentists if our bodies didn't break. Amen. Everything that is created is, is broken for a period of time. So there, there are mechanical errors, things that we may not be able to see that will cause accidents. And in the relation to faith, it can cause even shipwreck. This third thing I want you to know about. So not only is there navigational error, not only is there mechanical error, but there's also watch this now an intentional attack to cause shipwreck. Just was mentioned in the USS Cole. The enemy desires nothing more than to see your faith, our faith, shipwreck. And he will do anything in his power to send our way to get our focus off of what God has created us in the earth to become. Uh, The Bible tells us that weapons will be formed, Isaiah 54. Amen. No weapon formed against you shall what? shall prosper. They did not say that weapons would not be formed. 
let's get to the reality of it. Weapons will be formed. But if you're on the foundation of Jesus Christ, what you need to understand is that weapon will not prosper. That's good news for somebody here today. Somebody give them a praise if you don't mind. Will not prosper even as a result of an intentional attack of the enemy. So Paul, uh, who is, is writing this to Timothy, he understood about shipwreck. Okay, he understood about shipwreck. In fact, in second um, uh, second Corinthians, put this in your margin. Second Corinthians, chapter 11, beginning in verse 25. In fact, we'll just use this for a statement as he's arguing and contending with what was called super apostles defending his apostleship. And he's going down a litany of things that they had no idea that he experienced. And one of the things he says in verse 25, he says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent in the sea. So Paul knew naturally what it meant to be shipwrecked. He knew what it meant to start out on the Mediterranean Sea and to all of a sudden have storms come up out of nowhere only to leave you in a compromising position. Has anybody been shipwrecked before? Not only that, but Paul, he experienced another shipwreck. If you go over there and read in the book of Acts, chapter 27 and, and chapter 28, you'll see another shipwreck as he was being transported to Rome to be to be uh, judged by that government there. He experienced a shipwreck and there were 276 men on board. And Paul, before they started the shipwreck, he says, I don't feel good about this. He said, I don't I don't, I don't think he went to the captain and everybody and, and, and they they ignored Paul's instruction and, and they were shipwrecked. All 276 men. And you can imagine some of them couldn't swim. They holding on to floating devices, trying to get to a place where they can call safety. And after Paul's warning, they continued to go out anyway. And they found themselves in a compromising position. Well, they end up at Malta. And one of the identifying factors, as you read that particular passage of scripture, it said that these people were extraordinarily kind. And if you go and even go to that area today, that's their reputation. They're known as being extraordinarily kind. Let me get back to shipwreck. I just wanted to give you that in Jesus name. But what does restoration after shipwreck look like? You remember on last week we said uh, shipwreck faith happens as a result of these three things. We said, number one, shipwreck faith happens because of worldly worries or anxieties, riches and pleasures. OK, worldly worries, anxieties. Um, you got to be careful because one of the uh, tactics of the enemy is to get you to operate in fear. That's his goal. Fear of what? Fear of failure. Many people haven't taken the step to the next level because you're afraid of what's going to happen when you step out. Some people watch this now, the audacity for us to even have fear of other people. Man, I'm telling you, you know, when you're delivered, when you can stop worrying about what other people think. If God said it, I'm going to do it. And regardless of who it separates me from or divide me with, I'm going with God. 
Man, that's when you know you're liberated, when you can step out and don't care what nobody's saying. Can I get a witness? <laughs> amen, amen. People aren't your judge. God is. I mean, I'd rather be obedient to God rather than be obedient to man. So we don't want to have anxieties as it relates to that. Amen. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I love that. And a sound mind. Riches. We talked about that. What does it profit of the man to gain the whole world but to lose his soul? Man, you can be rich on paper but poor in spirit. Success in the earth but bankrupt in heaven. It's a terrible tragedy to spend your whole life and you end up not being where God desired for you to be because of these world's riches. Amen. One thing about these riches, y'all, guess what? Y'all, y'all heard it before. Let me park here for a minute. You, you, you heard it before. We've never seen a U-Haul follow a, a funeral processional. Everything you acquire is not going with you. People hold on to stuff like they're taking it to heaven. You ain't taking that to heaven. It's going to stay right here and it's going to rot or it's going to burn up when the new heaven and earth come. All right. Somebody say, don't be so attached. Amen. Not yours anyway. God has lent it to you. All right. And then the pleasures of this world. And we talked about uh, the parable of the seed and the sower and how Jesus said that when some seeds are planted, the thorns come up and they choke the seed. And it's the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world that choke that seed. Man, that's powerful. You mean to tell me, God, that even when a seed is planted in, in, in that ground, that the thorns, they await to choke the seed so nothing can come out of it. That's when you know you're headed for a faith failure when that happens. Not only that, just a point of review, we're getting into it. We, we also said that deception of entanglement. Remember that? And how we can be entangled, what Peter taught us. We can be entangled with, uh, with, with, with the mess of the world. And he was speaking to believers wasn't speaking to the world he was speaking to the church how we can become entangled in things that that that, that keep us from living the way god enti- uh, required us to, li- to, to to live okay did you know you could be entangled as a believer amen uh we'll, we'll talk about this but but peter he, he was entangled he was entangled when he faith faced a, a faith challenge uh this man was with jesus um no i wasn't no, no, no. He, he talks like him. This man was, I, I wasn't with him. This man was with, I wasn't, just as Jesus told him, he experienced a faith failure. Have you ever experienced a faith failure? Man, how do you rebound from a faith failure? I'm going to help you out with that. And the third thing, we said an unbelieving heart. An unbelieving heart. Man, when you have an unbelieving heart, you cannot do anything in relation to the things of God. You have to believe. Somebody say believe. 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 So um, maybe you find yourself here today and, and you're heading for shipwreck or maybe you are shipwreck. Well, I want to share with you just a few things. I'm going to share with you five things, in fact, because I don't, I don't want you to be, and most importantly, the Lord Jesus doesn't want you to be shipwreck. He doesn't want you to be shipwrecked. So what do I do when I'm shipwrecked? Well, one of the first things I want to encourage you to do is I want you to, number one, read and be encouraged through the scriptures. Read and be encouraged through the scriptures. 
Now, in, in fact, I got to go to the scripture to show you this. So let's go to Romans chapter 15, verse 4. I love this passage of scripture. Romans 15, 4. Romans 15, 4. And listen to the words of scripture here. We got to read and be encouraged through the scriptures. You experience the faith failure. You're wavering in your faith. Get in the word and start reading and be encouraged through the scriptures. All scripture. Here it is. Let me let me let me pause and give this. Amen. Second uh, Timothy three. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. For correction and instruction in righteousness. Are y'all understanding this? It's profitable. The word of God is profitable. Somebody say profitable. It's profitable. Watch this now. Uh, Romans 15, 4 says, for whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have what? Man, we might have hope. He's saying, you know what? What was written in the old economy is profitable for you to go back and read as a reminder of what God has already done. What God has already done, guess what? God is still doing today. Amen. He says, oh, he says, you got to go back and read the word. Amen. Not one jot or tittle of my word will pass away is what Jesus said. Even heavens and earth will pass away, but his word will still stand. Now, be honest with me. Have you ever been in a place where you wasn't feeling all that, but you begin to get in the scriptures and you begin to read about the men and women of old, how their faith allowed them to overcome situations? Man, I'm telling you, when you read about that story of Abram, who came out of the Ur of the Chaldeans, the Lord told him to get away from your kinfolks. Get out of there. They're crazy. They're going to be idol worshippers. You need to get out of there because I got a new destiny for you. And that man stepped out by faith and went to where God told him to go. And it wasn't, you know, we read the scriptures and we think that, that this stuff is happening simultaneously but there are periods of time that take place, for example, when, when, when the promise that, that he would bear a son through his wife, that, that, that took time. Anybody impatient with God sometimes, and we take things in our own hands. Say, God, you're taking too long. I'm finna fix this. Those things are written for our learning and for our example. You know, we look at what happened with them, but the world's not too far-fetched where that couldn't happen today. That, that his, his own wife told him. We're going to fix this. God taking too long. Go ahead and hook up with my maid servant, uh, maid servant Hagar. People trying, they're trying, to, uh, uh, trying to hook this man up, and God has already given the promise. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll, okay, if that's what you want me to do. And we see how much trouble that caused. And God was silent towards Abraham for a period of time, about 13 years. He didn't say anything. Because he had diverted God's original plan. Man, I'm talking about shipwreck faith. When you get in your own way, you will shipwreck the faith that God has given you. You got to stay focused. Somebody say stay focused. Stay focused. So you got God was still and he, he was then and still now is faithful. 
his scripture will not return unto us void. Remember, we have to have what are we reading? We're reading the scriptures. Man, the scriptures will be around until the uh, until the Lord returns. Um, uh, Listen to this, because I want you to get an understanding of, of, of scripture. And we talked about this this morning as I was meeting with our elders and deacons. And we talked about the importance of doctrine. Somebody say doctrine. Amen. Doctrine uh, is teaching. Simply put, it's, it's teaching. What are you being taught? People today, uh, you got to be careful what you're being taught because you live out what you're taught. You live out what you're taught. Go with me quickly. Watch this now, because there's such a thing as sound doctrine. And that's what we desire for those of us who want to be on the meat of God's word. We want sound doctrine. Does anybody here want sound doctrine? Junk food just ain't going to do it. I got to have some sound doctrine. I got to have some doctrine that bring me out of me so that I can step into the truth of God's word. Something that's going to challenge me and push me. Go to uh, 2 Timothy. We're in Timothy. Talking about avoiding shipwrecked faith. I'm still there. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Watch this. Verses 2 through 4. Watch this now. Notice what he says. He says, preach the word. Preach what? Preach what you think. Preach psychology. Preach the word. Be ready when? In season and out of season. Watch this now. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great what? Patience and instruction. Do y'all see that? Here it is. Verse three. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Too many people are changing the channel on God. God, I don't like what that says. I'm changing the channel and I'm trying to find something that aligns with how I feel. What you need to understand about God and his word is there are no gray areas in the kingdom of God. God didn't operate in gray areas. It's either truth or it's error. It's either truth or it's a lie. Y'all remember when you used to take gray lies? I'm, I'm going to tell a gray lie. I don't care what color, what color you color, the lie is a lie. I just told a gray lie. No, that's a lie. You're telling a lie right now. Talk, talking about you telling a, a gray lie. But, but, but the emphasis is on sound doctrine. When we read the scriptures, the Bible is alive. It's, a, it's not just a book of words, but it's a book of life. It's quick, powerful. Sharper than what? Any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder. Soul and spirit, joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. Man, God, I, I got some problems in my mind. God said, get in that word. It'll do the work. <laughs> it's going to do some dividing. It's going to show, no, that's too much of you, not enough of Jesus. No, that's too much of somebody else, not enough of Jesus. The word of God will do a dividing in us. But we got to stay in it. Somebody say we got to stay in it. 
so, so what are we contending with today? We're contending with strange doctrines. Strange doctrines. Flip over while you're in Timothy. Go over there to 1 Timothy chapter 1. That's where we are, but go to verses 3 through 5. Watch this now. We have, people have tickling ears. That means that they want to hear something that aligns with what they think. Are you in 1 Timothy chapter 1? Watch this. Verse 3 and 5 says, as I urge, urged with E.D., you upon my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies which give rise to more speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by what? Do y'all see that? But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere what? Are y'all seeing this? Faith. One evidence is of faith. It's the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. Amen. We don't see it in the natural. It is a spiritual scene. Amen. We, we, uh, how many of you uh, came in today and you sat down in that chair and you didn't ask that chair or interview that chair before you sat down? You didn't look at the bottom of that chair and see, I wonder how much weight this chair holds. No, you just came in and you flopped down and you knew that chair was going to hold you. Why can't we operate that as it relates to what God says in his word? Why do we have to uh, pick apart the word of God instead of just adopting it and believing what he says and moving forward on what he says? The level of our maturity is the level of our ability to hear from God and then to step out by faith and obey what he says. Not step out on what, what you think you know, but no, I'm stepping out on faith. And I'm obeying what he says. That's why when we read the scriptures, man, it increases our faith. Man, I was down and out. But now I see I see how these holy men and women of God came through. It was their faith that got them through. What's going to get you through your situation you're going through now? Faith. I know you can't see it, but you better trust God. You better believe God. God can get you. I got a witness in here. Can God get you through that situation and circumstance in the name of Jesus? But we got to build our foundation on sound doctrine, sound doctrine, not not uh, strange doctrines, uh, not doctrines of demons. Let me show you this while you're in Timothy. Go over to chapter four. All right. Go, go over to chapter four. All right. First uh, Timothy, chapter four, verse one. Watch this now. Can't be no strange doctrine, man. What you talking about? Some of us, we need to people you talk to, man, where, where you get that from? You show me that in scripture.